Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. There's nothing going on. Everything's totally fine. Normal. Why? Why? What'd you hear? What'd you hear? Because as far as I know, everything's just a-okay, hunky-dory. Nothing interesting is happening at all. Certainly nothing interesting happening with President Biden. There is absolutely nothing interesting happening with President Biden at all. Certainly nothing interesting happening at one of his homes. Nothing interesting happening at one of his homes at his uh, beach home at all. Uh, a guy, by the way, who has never held a job outside of government has a beach home. There is nothing interesting happening at that home at all and in any way. Nope. Just totally, totally normal. Totally fine. Oh, 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 the FBI trucks? Oh, oh yeah, they're just, they're just, you know, they're just uh, doing a, uh, they're just doing a search of uh, Joe Biden's home for classified documents. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. No, no, no. It's nothing. It's uh, why are you making such a big deal of this? It's absolutely positively nothing. It's just a it's just a further search for uh classified documents. That's absolutely right. According to three sources familiar with this matter, FBI uh, agents, as we speak, are searching President Biden's Rehoboth Beach home for classified documents. This comes, of course, after there have been a discovery of a number of batches of documents at his think tank here in Washington and also at his home in Wilmington, Delaware. Now, we know that the FBI searched his home in Wilmington, Delaware a couple of weeks ago and searched his think tank here in Washington back in mid-November. That was after that initial discovery was made of classified documents by Biden attorneys. Now, it's not clear what specifically they are searching for, how long they will be on the property, but we are told, and this is an important point, Mika, that there is no search warrant, that the White House Counsel's Office is investigating, and that this was planned. Oh, Oh, you see, you see, I for a second, I got a little worried. And I was like, no, no, not even a search warrant. This was all planned between uh, the president's lawyer, Bob Bauer, and and the FBI to decide uh, that this would be a good day to search. And maybe they're deciding what to search and they're deciding how to search, which is, of course, as we all know, the way it goes with the FBI. Oh, remember, I remember when the FBI uh, searched searched uh, Paul Manafort, uh, his, his home. Oh, it was the same exact thing. All right, well, they didn't coordinate with him on the on the time because it was like 4 a.m., 5 a.m. in the morning. They didn't actually coordinate on the day either. As a matter of fact, I think Paul Manafort was just more surprised by anything what with the barrel of an FBI gun in his face and in the face of his wife. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Holy hell. The FBI searching the beach house, Rehoboth Beach, uh, Delaware, of Joe Biden, 12 days after they searched the home in Wilmington. Again, I'll remind you, Joe Biden has a beach house and has never held a job. Only political office has never actually worked all that time on an Amtrak train, and he never figured out how to actually take it to a job. And it was worked out? 
What do you mean it was worked out? Why is it worked out? Exactly what level of double standard are we now applying to this one? It is one thing to say. They're cooperating with an investigation. It's another thing altogether to say, well, we called and we're like, hey, hey, it's it, it's the FBI. How you doing? How you doing? I know it's been so long. It's a couple weeks, a couple weeks. Listen, listen. Um, we were thinking about coming by the house Tuesday at 2.30. How do you feel about Tuesday? To, oh, oh, you're busy. Oh, you're, oh, no, no, we don't want to be there when you're not there. No, no, we do that to Trump, not you. <laughs> it's funny because we did it to Trump. Okay, so so what about what about Wednesday? How do you feel? Wednesday good? You're, you're going to be there, right? Well, we don't want to be in the house without you. Well, no, 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 we love it when you show us around. Can you show us exactly what we need to see? Not like we have to look anywhere else. And that's what's really important. We don't want anybody to waste any time looking like, I don't know, like under something. Like we, we don't need that. No, 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 Nobody's going to be checking next to the Corvette. Why would, why would we do that? Why, 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 why? <laughs> it's so, you're so silly. You're so silly. Okay, so we'll be there Wednesday at, at, at 930. You know what? We'll bring coffee. We'll bring cream two sugars, right? Cream two, I usually, you don't think I'd remember. I totally remember. I remember. I remember. That's why you're my buddy. All right. All right. We'll, we'll, we'll see you then. And, and, uh, and, uh, all right. All right. You take care. You take care. Maybe, maybe, maybe we'll get, uh, maybe we'll get some pizza afterward. Maybe get a little, little za. We'll get a little za afterward. I have no idea how the conversation with the FBI goes because we, the small people, don't get to have that conversation with the FBI. We have a gun put in the face of our spouse, and we're told to stand against the wall. Then we get cuffed, and we get marched outside in our underwear for all the neighbors to see. That's what happens to us. That's what happens to people on the other side. So if you ask me if I'm a little bothered by what I'm seeing here, if I find it a bit disconcerting, well, yes. Yes, I do. This is some ugly, awful stuff. Every single time we discuss the idea of two Americas and how horrific I find it, like when I watch uh, Jeffrey Epstein and the stories of Jeffrey Epstein and the connections to people like Bill Gates. Jeffrey Epstein was abusing, abusing young girls and people knew it. They let him die which Bill Barr is still guilty for. He was the attorney general. He should have made sure that nobody could get access to, to Jeffrey Epstein and he couldn't get access to himself. You let that guy get killed? I'm saying it. I'm, there's no conspiracy theory here. It was the, the real proof of two Americas, horrific and awful and violent and dangerous that it is. Bill Gates has multiple pictures with Jeffrey Epstein. How many times was he at the island? How many times was he on the private plane? Bring him in and question him. Nothing? I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have an RD after your name. Were you associated with Jeffrey Epstein? The Jeffrey Epstein case is the first time, really, in my life, it's clear there are two Americas. Two sets of rules, and I am so angered by it, it's hard to, to stay contained. It is very difficult to stay contained. But I'm going to now watch 
as guys like Manafort get raided, Roger Stone gets raided, but Joe Biden, they set an appointment? And his lawyer is leading the investigation? Nah. Can't rationalize how this is happening other than to say we... We really are, for them, just these other people who exist. We are just walking ATM machines to them, aren't they? Aren't we? That's all we are. Our job is to pay taxes and shut our you-know-what damn mouths. That, that's it. I cannot describe to you how disgusted I am by what it is that I'm seeing. And, and, I, and I know I'm, I'm making a, a joke of, of the whole thing, uh, partially because I don't know what else to do. Honestly, should I just start screaming my head off? Is, is that going to get me anywhere? But I swear to you, that's how I feel. And I'm willing to bet all the dollars in my pocket against all the dollars in your pocket that that's how you feel. If this was us, our kids would be lined up against the wall. If this was us who had the possibility of classified information in our homes, our children, their their rooms would be turned upside down. Every single thing would be combed and checked. Nothing would be left to chance. They wouldn't be allowed a cell phone. They wouldn't be allowed a computer. Everything checked, double-checked, and rechecked. They would be questioned without you as a parent being able to be there. Lord only knows if they'd get a lawyer. If you say to me, whoa, Tony, I don't know about that. That's how little faith I have in this FBI. That's how little faith I have in the institutions. And I don't think I'm speaking for me. I am pretty positive I'm speaking for we. And to watch this, well, there there wasn't a warrant, you know. They 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 got together and then they uh you know they they they, they set a time that would work for everybody. Dear Lord. And we haven't even gotten into the part two of this story. Exactly how incompetent is the Biden team that they haven't done this already, that this hasn't been figured out already. How many more times was Corinne Jean-Pierre, sorry, cringe Jean-Pierre, the White House press secretary, because every time she speaks, we cringe, she's going to tell us that the search is complete, and the search is complete, and the search is complete, nothing's complete. The drip, drip, drip of this story. Why is this still going on? The incompetence of the Biden White House is the only thing greater than the anger I feel towards the double standard of how Biden is getting treated over these documents and how we would be treated. How Trump got treated. Oh, oh, uh, uh, Trump didn't uh, go along with the investigation, but Biden did, and that's what's different. Sure, sure, knock yourself out. Clearly, there's a conversation of how would you get the documents back if Trump wouldn't give them to you? I, I, I get that. I get that. But why wasn't this search done two and a half months ago? Why not? And why is it all so friendly? And why does Biden's lawyers get to lead the investigation? Planned search? When does the planned search get to Hunter Biden's house? 
and which one of Hunter Biden's friends were at Joe's house with these classified documents laying about. Oh, we got a series of subjects here. And I will get to all of them. Keep it right here, guys. I'm Tony Katz. Do you think President Biden should negotiate on the debt ceiling? Absolutely not. The debt ceiling is a critical vote for our economy, for jobs, for the fate of businesses, and the reputation of the United States to pay its bills. Uh, That should not be negotiated. Now, if Speaker McCarthy wants to negotiate on the budget, that's another item. That's another issue. It will come up a little later. And I would suggest to him some of the things that are coming forward from MAGA Republicans, attacks on Social Security and Medicare, which Senator Scott of Florida have suggested, uh, has suggested, uh, as well as the notion of a 30 percent national sales tax, Mm -hmm. which is floating in the House of Representatives or non-starters. Okay. I don't think uh, Senator Dick Durbin, a man most aptly named, really has um, a proper grasp of the situation. Everything's on the table. Everything. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. No negotiating on uh, the, the debt ceiling. But Senator Durbin goes a step further on CNN. Why have a debt ceiling at all? You introduced last year the Debt Ceiling Reform Act, and that would essentially kick this responsibility from Congress to the Treasury Secretary, so essentially to one unelected individual. Um, why should that be taken out of the hands of Congress, noting that Congress has taken us to the brink before and it can be disastrous for the economy? I mean, isn't that why... You guys are elected to do this hard stuff? Well, of course that's true. But the the fact is there's been political gamesmanship when it comes to our debt ceiling over the last 20 or so years, and we've got to bring this to an end. We shouldn't put the economy of the United States in peril because we're uh, in the midst of preparing for a presidential campaign. And my belief, and others share it, is that saying to Congress, you can disagree with the president on extending the debt ceiling, mm-hmm. but you have to do it with an extraordinary vote. I think that's lets us come out on the record on this issue without jeopardizing the economy. So you are admitting that you want to abdicate your responsibility to a cabinet position. Good work from CNN stating it the way it is. Why should someone be able to recognize the runaway spending in the United States when we could just hide it? This is exactly a conversation about taxation, by the way. That conversation of you never really understand. And I'm I'm not saying that you don't understand. I'm saying that the system is devised so the idea of what you pay in taxes doesn't hit you that hard. Because the taxes are what? taken out of your paycheck automatically. But if you had to pay your taxes at the end of the year, you would understand exactly how high your tax burden is. So by taking it out of the paycheck, you never understand, or it's harder to understand. It's not like you never understand. It's harder to understand exactly how much they're taking. Because it just, it feels different. And that's absolutely true. Then, of course, the theory, well, if they they took it at the end of the year, you wouldn't have any money (laughs) because you would have spent it. Well, it's your money. For what reason are are they taking it? I didn't say there couldn't be taxes, but I oppose the income tax. 
100%. The income tax is wrong. Go back to 1913 and the implementation of the federal income tax, and not one good thing has come from it. Not one good has come from the income tax. It divides people. It's used as a cudgel against people. It is It is a threat tactic. All of it is wrong. It's wrong to think that somehow the debt limit conversation can't be a moment, a debt ceiling, a conversation of exactly how much are we spending, people. And we're spending too much. Dick Durbin is afraid to do hard work. This is a cowardly position from the senator from Illinois, which does not shock me what being from Illinois and all. Tony, did you just go full-on anti-Illinois? I did. I really did. See, some people are like, you're from Indiana. Aren't you supposed to make fun of Kentucky? Yeah, that's played out. That's played out. And honestly, the people of Kentucky, they don't vote for great governors, but they're not bothering me so much. And bourbon. But the people of Illinois, what have they done for me? All right, a couple good restaurants in Chicago that should clearly move to Indiana because who in the world can afford Chicago anymore? And dear Lord, how many people are getting killed in Chicago? Come to Indiana, you'll have a better time. And so, by the way, should the people who don't want to live in the insanity of Illinois anymore. But not the people of Cook County. No, no, no. Cook County, you stay. Everybody else, more than welcome. So, yeah, Illinois gets, gets, uh, gets my side eye. They get my, my, my throwing shade. Is that the expression? Is that what the kids are saying with the shade and the throwing and the throwing of the shade? He doesn't think that we should really engage this conversation. The debt limit is somehow something that's off limits. No, it is not. It is not off limits. As a matter of fact, it is a necessary conversation. For, I mean, my, my political career, if to, if you will, starts with a conversation about the spending. The spending is the issue. So I'm glad to see it coming up in conversation. And of course, it will go nowhere. Do I really believe that concessions will come from the White House on spending? From Congress that things will change? I, I don't. I'd, I would love to be wrong. I'd be thrilled to be wrong. I would be overjoyed at being wrong. But I don't think I am. I don't think I am. This is a moment, and yes, the Republicans should take it. Will the debt limit be raised? Well, of course the debt limit is going to be raised. You know it, I know it, we know it. I don't know why anybody's questioning such a thing. But those people who are so vocal about how dare you question it, they're the problem. They are the problem, thinking that it always has to be this way. It doesn't always have to be this way. And the stronger we get on these subjects, the better. And the less spending we engage, the better. Or at least spending properly, which means the elimination of programs that provide us no value. Just like they're going to eliminate Representative Omar from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. I've got the latest on that story coming up. This is Tony Katz today.
By the end of the day, Representative Ilhan Omar could end up being kicked off the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Yes, 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 yes. I'm sorry she ever made it onto the committee to begin with. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Representative Ilhan Omar figured the answer was to go on to CNN and make a most radical claim. The claim, of course, being that she had no idea, no clue at all, none. Shocked she was to discover that uh, that there were tropes, tropes, I say, about Jews and money. She was stunned. I didn't know. I had no idea that you could, you could uh, have a, a, a this this thing about Jews and and always being obsessed with money. I, I I'm I'm surprised by this. I didn't know that even existed. Does anybody believe her? Anybody anywhere believe Ilhan Omar on that subject? That somehow she was unaware. Of such a thing? Well, that's what she claims. She claims, and she did so on CNN, that she had never heard that that was a problem. And, of course, people like myself gave it uh, the full-on Kamala Harris. (laughs) Because it's laughable. It's laughable for her to say that she didn't know. It's laughable to think she had never heard that if you're saying things like uh, Jews hypnotize uh, Congress, members of Congress, if you say it's all about the Benjamins, who's going to believe you when when you say, I didn't know this was a problem? Who? So when you apologized uh, for the all about the Benjamins comment, you said anti-Semitism is real. And I'm grateful for Jewish allies and colleagues who are educating me on the painful history of anti-Semitic tropes. What did you learn? A lot. Um, I certainly did not or was not aware that the word hypnotize uh, was a trope. Um, I wasn't aware um, of, of the fact that there are tropes about Jews and money. Um, that has been a very enlightening uh, part of, of this journey. And she hoped that by saying such things, she would be given a pass because Republicans have long sought to remove her from the House Foreign Affairs Committee, what with her not being somebody who's a fan of America. Based on statements, based on her own actions. So the House was looking at telling her goodbye from the House Foreign Affairs Committee. It was Representative Victoria Sparts from the Indiana 5th District, full disclosure, my member of Congress, 
who was like, well, I don't think we should do this. Um, there should be uh, a due process. She said so on this very show, uh, to which I said, I, 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 I don't even know what it is you're saying. Due process. What, what, what does that even mean? This isn't a, this isn't a court of law. This is, if you want to look at it politically, this is what the political left did to people like Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene and Paul Gosar. What we're talking about here is removal from committees where they have no business being. Adam Schiff and Eric Swalwell have no business being on House Intel, and Omar has no business being on Foreign Affairs. But the difference between McCarthy, Speaker McCarthy, and Speaker Pelosi is that Pelosi kicked these Republicans off all committees. McCarthy's just talking about the one, intelligence for Omar, for, for Schiff and Swalwell, foreign affairs for Omar. Because politically, the left has to learn, you can't just get away with this stuff. You're going to get hit back. You will learn to stop. Because what the left does is the left does whatever they want. And then when the right does it, how dare you violate the norms? They always think that somehow they're in charge of the norms. Everything about them, they think that they are the norms. They are not. Things that Ilhan Omar has said, 9-11, some people did something, that's not the norms. So no, she shouldn't be part of this committee. Logically, based on statements or politically, because that's sometimes not logical, uh, there's no room for her there. And, and I disagreed vehemently with Representative Sparts. Now, Representative Sparts is saying she'll support a resolution to remove Ilhan Omar from her spot on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Saying that I appreciate Speaker McCarthy's willingness to address legitimate concerns and add due process language to our resolution. Deliberation and debate are vital for our institution, not top-down approaches. Okay, so it was wrong when it would just be Speaker McCarthy, but it's right when it's the membership via a vote? Sure, knock yourself out. The difference is nil. The difference is nil, and I think that while she may uh, utilize this as an opportunity to tell constituents or others, look what I did. I held my ground and people realized I was right. It will be seen as you just wasted some time and tried to prop yourself up by others. I mean, that is how some people are going to see it. What matters, I mean, she, she put out a statement uh, about this. The rule of law, freedom of speech, and due process are fundamental to our republic. As to my fellow conservatives, I think setting a precedent and allowing an appeal process for the speaker and majority party re removal decision is of paramount importance, I believe it, she, she writes, uh, uh, to freedom-loving legislators. No matter how you take Representative Sparts, what comes next is Omar. Nancy Mace... She's not going to vote to do it. Nancy Mace is wrong. There are things that Nancy Mace of South Carolina is correct on, and there are things that she is incorrect on. She's incorrect here. Incorrect about removing Omar. And I heard that there was something about Gates. 
Uh, was Matt Gates not interested in uh, removing Ilhan Omar from, from a committee? Yeah, that was the story last night. Gates undecided about whether to boot Ilhan Omar. I am not undecided. No part of me when it comes to Ilhan Omar is undecided. I would have rather that the Democratic Party come to grips with its anti-Semitism issue. That's what I would have rather. I would rather that when the moment came for the the uh, Democratic Party to condemn the comments of Ilhan Omar, that they had done so once and finished. Instead, Speaker Pelosi cowardly massaged the language of the resolution to being a we oppose bigotry. Well, that, 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 that's great. But the strength was about saying to your fellow member what you said was disgusting and wrong. And that's how it should have been handled. But they had no strength. They had no conviction, weakness, cowardice from the speaker. That's what we got. And I will state that I still believe that Representative Sparks is wrong. Not to be like, yes, she should be removed. The Oh, it should be voted on. Hmm. That's, um... That's a very, very strange position, if only because it doesn't have to be voted on. You, you, you wanted a, if, if, if the speaker doesn't have the power to do this, or you don't trust the speaker with the power to do this, this, this maneuver here, okay, okay, sure, knock yourself out. I don't, I don't know what it is that you think that uh, should have happened. Just a vote? That's all? That was the only thing that moved you, Representative Sparts? Sure. But a vote doesn't even move Representative Mace, so I don't know where she is in the slightest. What I do know is that Representative Omar will be on the outside. And Representative Omar, well, of course, of course, of course, you are not surprised by what I'm about to say next says that it's racism. If you try to remove her, it is racism. It would be bigotry to try and remove this Muslim woman from her committee. It's not the case at all. I must state that the story here is what Ilhan Omar has done, not who she is. Elizabeth Warren tweeting out Ilhan Omar is the first African-born Congress member and the only House Foreign Affairs Committee member who's lived in a refugee camp. It's shameful that Republicans are trying to remove her after smearing her for years. We need her voice, values, and expertise on the committee. She hates Jews. You fake Native American? Now what? Oh, by the way, there is a possibility that she engaged in a sham marriage with her brother to stay in the country. So, I don't know, maybe an investigation. I have no idea. 
I, that's what we've seen, and there's data points to it. Maybe an investigation on that. But living in a refugee camp does not make you an expert on the House Foreign Affairs Committee, now does it? Of course not. What a foolhardy thing to say. And nobody has smeared her. She has smeared herself, what, with her anti-Semitism and whatnot. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe Victoria Sparks, Representative Sparks, will have people come around her and be like, yes, we should always vote on these things. That's what matters. Maybe. Maybe that's what it'll be. I think some things are for the speaker to handle. Just get it done. Whether you look at it in its logical or in its political. But I am not about to listen to the yelling and screaming about it's just hatred of women and it's hatred of Muslims. She hates Jews. And me, me, I listened to her I didn't know commentary and I, 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 I don't believe her. The proof of her mind will be in the future things that she does and says. And we will all be paying attention. I'm Tony Katz. I know. I know. I'm done with polling. I'm done. No faith whatsoever. But every now and then I come across something like, all right, I should share it. Let other people. Let other people decide. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. What's going on, everybody? 833-GOT-TONY. Would love to hear from you. 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. This is Gallup. So this is about what Americans consider the top problems facing the country. So it's got the percentage from November or December of 2022 and January of 2023. So when you look at it, it, it I'll start at, at the bottom. What's it got? One, two, three, four, five, nine things. The nine things. Um, ethical, moral, and family decline. That's at the bottom of the list. 3%, now at 4%. You know what? I'll just give you the, the January numbers. Crime and violence, 4%. Poverty, hunger, and homelessness, 5%. Race, relations, and racism, 5%. Huh. Unifying the country at 6%. Not these, the, no one considers racism or unification. Feeling all huggy-feely as important. The economy in general at 10%, which was at 16%, so it's interesting. I guess retail gas prices, right, uh, our gas price is going down. People are like, oh, good. Immigration is up to 11% at number three. Inflation, 15%, which is weird. The economy in general is down from 16 to 10%, but inflation holds at basically 15%. And the number one problem to Americans, according to Gallup, the government and poor leadership 21%. If you ever wanted, if you ever wanted a truly unringing endorsement of the Biden presidency, there you go. The question is, do you believe it? Do you believe the poll? 
The, the truth is, anecdotally, I would have no reason not to. But I sometimes wonder how many people are really concerned about the economy. Well, Tony, isn't everybody, isn't everybody concerned? And economic issues, pocketbook issues, aren't those the things that lead the way in elections? Maybe there was a time, but that didn't happen in the midterms, did it? The economy did not lead the way in the midterms, did it? The lack of leadership in the White House, in Congress, was a problem in November. It hasn't changed. Or you can argue uh, they did make the change in the House, but they didn't make the change in the Senate, and they didn't make enough of a change in the House in terms of giving Republicans a big enough cushion. So it's not the thing that moved them. I understand what the poll is saying, and I don't disagree because I see the lack of leadership as a massive issue, the failures there. I see the economy as a massive issue. You might as well. But is that really where the country is? And the election results tell me no. I think that's worthy of discussion. This is Tony Katz today.